Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, it happens every year on this day. Once again, for those of us who show up for it, we observe the miracle of the Incarnation. Every Christmas we get this opportunity, the opportunity to inhabit, to occupy a human singularity. It's the singular experience of the Incarnation We have come into this place once again at this Christmas moment to find a way to get inside a truth claim. It's the claim that the majesty and glory and awesomeness of the entire universe has been encapsulated for us in the form of a unique human being. That's what we're celebrating here today, isn't it? We're celebrating a human being who was born, lived, and died, and one who died living a life of divine love and divine self-giving. And we celebrate that his life and death encapsulates the meaning of the entire universe as a place of divine love and divine self-giving. How awesome is that? and how challenging it can be to make that claim. Just stating the claim in words that can be understood is a challenge. Much more difficult, as we all know, is the effort to stake our lives on its truth and reality. Really, the entire universe as a place of divine love and divine self-giving? How dare we make such a claim knowing what we know about the world today? Knowing what we know about the science of the actual universe with galaxies too many to count and with stars that far outshine our own sun. Knowing what we know about the actual history of human beings on this earth with evils too many to count and with all the ways we have mistreated each other as human beings. How can we inhabit or occupy the universe as our place of divine love and divine self-giving? Nonetheless, that is the deep meaning of Christmas for us. And we dare say it on this day of all days. On this day especially, we allow ourselves to imagine a universe in which there is peace on earth and goodwill to all people. What would it mean to get up every morning and live and work and then lay ourselves back down at night, having believed in and worked toward the universe as a haven, a heaven, for achieving peace on earth and goodwill to all people. 
It's almost too much to describe, to put into words, isn't it? But that's our opportunity. Perhaps the best we can do is say it over again in whatever words we can find. My privilege today is to share with you some of the words I have found that amplify the words of Scripture and the prayers and hymns that Holy Church provides us on this occasion. And how blessed we are to have such words available to us today of all days when our Gospel of John begins so majestically with that echo of the book of Genesis. In the beginning, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and God was the Word. And the Word was God. Now, alongside invoking such traditional and exalted words, we also have available ordinary human experience. Human experience as a kind of incarnated word. And one way to preach the good news of God in Christ is to portray incarnate reality in words that engage our human interest in everyday stories. So I offer you the following story as a kind of everyday parable of incarnate experience. See what you think. But try to anticipate how we might think of the ordinary things in extraordinary ways. Here's what I mean. In ordinary terms, the following story is a story of motherhood. But isn't that what the incarnation is also about? In making the effort to state divine reality in human words, wouldn't one way be to say that the incarnation is a type of divine mothering? Even our scriptures evoke a theme of divine mothering. Beginning with the book of Genesis and including today's readings from Hebrews and the Gospel of John, we get a remarkable portrait of God hovering over creation like a mother bird brooding over its children and on this particular day hovering over one special child. But let's realize, Christian friends and friends of Christ, please realize the truth that many preachers like me call us to embrace every Christmas, that the incarnation is not only about the miraculous birth of the Christ child, it's also about God miraculously birthing every child who comes into the world, every one of us, that is. Indeed, that's one of the deep themes of Christmas, that the incarnation of God in the Christ child forever elevates the dignity and the birth of all human beings. First as children, but then throughout our adult lives too, we are ennobled, elevated, dignified, valued, honored by that one unique birth. God in flesh incarnated in our reality. The significance of it, the implications cascade throughout thought and heart. 
forever after that one birth, all human births are reconfigured as partaking of that divine reality and meaning. So on this special day, we lay claim to every particle of the universe, but particularly human birth, human life, and childhood. We claim it all as being transfigured and ennobled by one unique birth. So here's a thoroughly modern story about a stay-at-home mother with three young children. Her name is Melanie Darnell, and we know this story because she shared it on her blog, her internet site, with more than 100,000 followers. She's also a vegan and a fitness guru who regularly exercises and focuses on staying healthy. So she couldn't understand why she was going through bouts of fatigue. She was afraid that uh, at night she wasn't getting a good night's sleep because she might be sleepwalking. So she eventually installed a night vision camera in her bedroom, desperately wanting to find out if there was something that would explain why she was not getting enough sleep. And that's when she discovered what was causing her exhaustion. The camera revealed, after she had put all the children to bed by 9 or 10 p.m., that at around 2 o'clock a.m. appeared the image of a small figure of one of her children pushing open her door and crawling up on her bed. She also saw her own image sleeping in complete ignorance of this, while the figures of two, the two other children appeared through the door, getting to the bed and peering over her. One got so close to her face that she was amazed, wondering how she could possibly have slept through this. And then what happened was that the footage showed Melanie continuing to be heavily asleep as her bed slowly but surely started to turn into a children's party. with herself too tired to wake up and join in the fun. (laughs) But for her, the more remarkable thing was what she did while she was asleep. Although she couldn't remember anything, she saw herself on camera displaying the actions of someone who might be conscious. For example, she would cuddle her toddler and move her hair away whenever he tried to pull on it. So whether she was half asleep or half awake, it explained everything about her interrupted normal sleep experience and the cause of her exhaustion. Yet listen to what she commented on in her blog post to her followers. She wrote, Moms often get criticized heavily, yet no one knows what they're dealing with in their daily life. Parenting doesn't end when the sun goes down. And then she spotlighted that particular comment and other aspects of motherhood that hardly ever get talked about. She wrote, During these moments, let's all think of the other parents that are up with their babies at the very same middle-of-the-night moments. And let's take comfort in the thought of each of us cradling our babies in the dark of our homes together in a shared experience. 
We're together in a shared experience, Melanie Darnell claims. But I want to probe that shared experience. What does that story have to do with the magic of Christmas for children or the miracle of the Incarnation? In probing the spiritual depths of a human shared experience, can we affirm a dimension that we all share as creatures inhabiting a divine creation? Can't we say that the yearning of those three children for their mother's space and presence in the wee hours of the night is like our yearning to inhabit a universe that bears God's meaning and presence wherever we go. And can't we say something similar about Melanie Darnell's unconscious or semi-conscious response to those yearning children? Doesn't her response as a loving mother, a mother who was not sleepwalking but was sleep-nurturing, can't we say that that response of giving her children reassurance and security even while she's unaware, that that response also incarnates God's meaning and purpose for us throughout our lives. Isn't that mother's instinctive devotion to her children a living icon of the universe itself, a universe where the truth of existence is divine love and divine self-giving though sometimes obscured by night and darkness. So here we have a parable of both parent-child and divine human yearning and response. With its portrayal of a heavenly childhood, it also conveys some of the magic of Christmas for children. Christmas magic offers children a special time to experience a heavenly childhood, a time when adults try to approximate or simulate for our young people a taste of heaven, a glimpse, a window. That's how Christian families or communities also try to link Christian magic with our theology of incarnation. We do this on Christmas Eve with children's pageants or on Christmas Day itself with the opening and giving of gifts, a little window into heaven. In those ways, we try to dramatize and simulate a heavenly universe by means of angels or, and kings or shepherds and animals or ordinary people like us joining in a festival of all creation, giving generously, giving ourselves away, self-giving love. We try to incarnate that, to embody it, to make it real, even for moments. That's why Christmas is such a special time, even, even as a secular observance. It has this arc of yearning, of longing, and of, a, of hearing back from the universe. Yes, it could be possible. In that connection, Psalm 19 proclaims the heavens are telling of the glory of God and their expanse is declaring the work of God's hands day to day pours forth speech and night to night 
reveals knowledge. There's something we know about this. And it's what Revelation imparts to us, that kind of faith knowledge. And the story we just shared urges us to observe a convergence of magic and miracles that's not just about children's pageants or Santa Claus fantasies, but about our everyday lives. For the true light, which enlightens everyone, has come into the world, and all who receive that light, who believe in its reality, receive power to become children of God, who are born not of blood or of the human will, but of the will of God. For the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of a parent's uniquely beloved child, full of grace and truth. In the name of God, our maker, redeemer, defender, and friend, amen.